Today on Understanding Immigration, an interview with former ICE director Tom Homan. The new head of ICE is named Ed Gonzalez. He has no federal government experience whatsoever. And he has demonstrated on Twitter in 2018 and 2019, vehemently opposing ICE's enforcement missions. I think he's exactly what they're looking for because they want ICE to be crippled. They're already crippled. The numbers came out yesterday. They had the lowest number of arrests and removals in the last month of the history of the agency. Is it because of the policies of the Biden administration that many of these people now believe they have a better chance of getting into the U.S. by claiming asylum? Coming to you from Washington, D.C., you are now listening to FAIR's Understanding Immigration Podcast. All right. Welcome back to another episode of FAIR's Understanding Immigration Podcast. This is Matthew Tregesser, FAIR's press secretary, and I'm joined as always by Preston Hennikins from our lobbying department. Spencer Rayleigh, FAIR's director of research, will not be joining us this week, but we have a very special episode today. Today, we have the honor to interview someone who is the former acting director of Immigration and Customs Enforcement, otherwise known as ICE, who is now a Fox News contributor and also a senior fellow at the Immigration Reform Law Institute. You most likely have heard of him before. Tom Homan is with us. Welcome to today's show, Tom. Thanks, guys. Tom has an extensive background in law enforcement and leadership and is just about well-versed on the immigration issue as anyone in this entire country. Now, Preston and I are going to be asking Tom a few questions regarding his recent trips to the border, uh, President Biden's new pick to head ICE, and also what the current president has done to impact immigration enforcement. All right. So, Tom, let's start off with your recent trips to the border under the Biden administration. I know you and I went down together to McAllen, Texas uh, in late March, and it was a mess, to say the least. You know, there were hundreds of unaccompanied minors and family units who were crossing the Rio Grande River uh, way after midnight. And it really just seemed like a border crisis on all levels. Um, I know since then, you've gone back down to the border a couple of times. And just from your initial observations, have conditions improved uh, since we've been down there? Have they stayed the same? Or what exactly are you seeing right now? Well, the conditions haven't improved at all. That's why it's kind of disheartening to see the president saying they got con- better control of this now. He said that in national media today. And the secretary said it too. When when they're talking about, when they said they got better control, which means they're getting better at releasing people, right? So that's not control. That is just further uncontrolled. When you got to release people because you don't have the space to hold them, that tells mm-hmm. you you got a crisis, right? So when you build a plan, release people faster so there's no overcrowding, that's not control, gentlemen. That is out of control. So uh, bottom line is more people coming across. Instead of concentrating on securing the border, detaining, making these people see judges. And, and as far as the whole message of these are asylum seekers, how do they know that? Because they're not even doing initial asylum interviews. They're, mm-hmm. they're processing people and trying real fast to get them released as soon as possible to go to a you know an NGO uh, facility stay in a hotel room for a couple of days and get released with a brand new iPhone, a brand new cell phone at taxpayer expense. So it's the whole messaging on this is flawed. It, it's not, it's not by accident. It's flawed. I think they're misleading the American people what's going on on the border. And so Tom, you've just described some of certainly the pull factors from the perspective of the United States, where the Biden administration has completely blown up some of these agreements, such as the migrant protection protocols, such as the asylum agreements with the Northern Triangle countries um, that were preventing a lot of this mess. Um, but, you know, for, and you, you mentioned, too, the Biden administration talking points 
they are really hitting on the on the push factors from Central America. You know, and I wanted to get your sense of which of those two really is it? Is it really that conditions in Central America are so bad that all of these people are legitimate asylum seekers? Or is it because of the policies of the Biden administration that many of these people now believe they have a better chance of getting into the U.S. by claiming asylum? Look, I've been to, I've been to El Salvador. I've been to Guatemala. I've been to Honduras. Bottom line is, and Mexico many times, the United States is, is, is a better country. We're the, be- we're the best country on the face of the earth. So that, that's never going to change. The issue is, it isn't about conditions in the Central American countries. All you got to do is look at the court data. If you go to DOJ website, an immigration court EOIR website, it clearly says that 84 to 89% of Central Americans who claim a, a fear at the border never get relief from the U.S. courts. They don't win their case because either they don't show up in court or they don't qualify. So, you know, I like to stick to the legal terminology. So if nine out of 10 don't qualify and you look at the Homeland Security, Homeland Security life cycle report out of the hundreds of thousands of these people who lost their case, that 90%, less than 3% leave. So President Trump got it right. He saw the data. He knows that if, why would you continue to release people in the United States when they clearly commit some sort of immigration fraud, claiming they asylum when they don't qualify at all, but they do it because they know they're going to be released and they never have to show up and never have to leave. Trump got it right. So he said, no, I'm going to have to remain in Mexico program so these people aren't being released, you know, never to show up in court, never to leave. President Biden has access to the same data and he chose, okay, 90% don't qualify, 3% never leave all right let's let them let's let them go it's it's ridiculous so i said this is isn't mismanagement this is by design they want these people here and they know they're never going to leave so the look the trump administration gave us the most secure border i've seen in my career illegal immigration was down between 60 and 80 percent depending on what month you look at children children uac come across the border was down over 70 percent and within two weeks biden Tore down everything Trump, and he went from thirty-three thousand apprehensions in March of last year to one hundred seventy-two thousand apprehensions this year. So this is about pull factors. This is about promises President Biden made during a campaign, the promises he kept by signing executive orders, and so this is his words, his actions that have caused this crisis. And they can go down to Central America all they want, tell people now is not time to come, don't come now. Action speaks louder than the words. These people are stupid. When, when, when a family unit gets released from a, a, a hotel room with a brand new iPhone, they get to their final destination. You don't think they're calling their relatives and friends and telling them, hey, I was, I was in a hotel room for two days. They fed me really good food for a couple of days. They gave me this brand new iPhone. Now I'm in Chicago. My husband has been here illegally forever. No, right. action speaks louder than words. They can say anything they want. Their actions, their work, it started with their words during the campaign, but their actions since he's been in the White House is driving this crisis. Tom, I, I got to ask you, um, regarding the Donna facility, uh, there was an article by Fox News yesterday saying that the facility has gone from uh, holding 5,000 migrants to about uh, just a couple hundred. 
Uh, and the White House right now is saying that these migrants have been transferred to HHS facilities, and that's where they all are now. Uh, do you truly believe that, that, that all these migrants are at HHS, or is the reason why the Donna facility is so empty is because of uh, the Biden administration's catch-and-release policy, and so people aren't even being placed in detention anymore? They're just being released and never really seen again. It's a little bit of both. Look, when they say they're in HHS custody, that's kind of a play on words. They're in the, they're in the custody of you know these NGOs who got multi-million dollar contracts like Endeavors uh, mm-hmm. to stay in hotel rooms. Uh, Donna's more or less a processing site to get them to an NGO or one of these contracts. Uh, but we know a lot of them being released are being released quicker. And what's really concerning is that during the Trump administration, we had the one surge. Uh, we did DNA testing with the family units, make sure they're actually families. We found as high as 30% of the families weren't really families, the children being traf- trafficked. The other thing is these children is when they get released to their sponsors, the vetting that was done during the Trump administration was very extensive, but people complained it's taking too long to release the kids. Well, because we're making sure these kids aren't being released to someone that's number one, it, it isn't a child predator, isn't someone that's going to, you know, abuse this child, make sure they're being released to a safe environment. They've, they've cut that, that uh, vetting down a lot because they're in such a hurry to release people. It concerns me who these children are being released to. So I think it's a little bit of both. I think they're getting better at releasing kids quickly, which again, they call success. I call a problem. And mm-hmm. I think that I think they're, they're, they're moving quickly out of Donna to these NGO facilities. You know, you know, this administration believes why I have someone at Donna like be in a hotel room at $374 a night at taxpayer expense. Right. And for our listeners out there, the Donna facility is located in uh, the southern tip of Texas and it's in the Rio Grande Valley. So you know, the Rio Grande Valley is really a hotspot right now for legal migration, especially with the family units and unaccompanied minors. When we were down there, we kind of drove by it. Um, uh, don't forget, don't, for, don't forget now, it's the same facility that Democrats on the Trump administration, Democrats kids was a, was a caging facility where kids were caged. You don't hear that now. They're using the same exact facility, but you don't hear that word cage anymore. That's, that, that's kind of weird, isn't it? I mean, th- again, that, that shows the politicization. You don't have AOC down there finding an empty parking lot next to a chain link fence claiming she's outside the facility she was never outside of either. It's a whole new different dynamic now. Right. So I... I want to ask you, uh, kind of changing gears a bit, um, you know, as someone who was the acting director of Immigration and Customs Enforcement under the Trump administration, uh, what are your initial thoughts of this new appointed head to lead the agency? Uh, for our listeners out there, the new head of ICE is named Ed Gonzalez, who previously served as the sheriff of Harris County in Texas. You know, Tom, can, can he get the job done right now? I think he's a perfect choice for this administration. They want somebody that's not going to force immigration law. They, got, they want somebody that doesn't... Look, when he was the sheriff, one of the first things he did when he became sheriff was stop all cooperation with ICE. And now he's their director? I mean, could you find a better pick for this administration? Uh, you know, so I think, I think he's exactly what they're looking for because they want ICE to be crippled. They're already crippled. The numbers came out yesterday. They had the lowest number of arrests and removals in the last month of the history of the agency. So, you know, yeah, they got the right guy to continue tearing down uh, immigration enforcement in this country. And, 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 you know, and you look at the numbers, 90% of the criminals they arrested last year and removed last year, they can't arrest this year. I'm at an event here. I was here. I gave a speech here today at an event uh, in, uh, in, in uh, Brownsville uh, by the Nightlight Group. is a bunch of uh, uh, 
ladies who got together and they, they're fighting child trafficking on the border. And I came down to give a speech to them. And I also gave a speech to the Remembrance Project right afterwards. This Remembrance Project are those who represent angel mm-hmm. moms and dads. Criminals are walking out of jails across this country every day. Criminals, public safety threats. So, and when the border is out, so number one, you got criminals going back into the community, in the very communities which they live, which is the immigrant community, which puts the immigrant communities at greater risk of crime. You got the borders out of control. We all know on average, 20% of everybody apprehended by the border has a criminal history, but there's 1,500 a day not being arrested. So there's going to be more victims of alien crime. There's going to be more angels, dads, and angel moms because this open borders policy. So this new guy running ice, I mean, for a guy who first action as the sheriff was to stop cooperation with ICE, he'd be my last choice. But for this administration, who wants to tear down the agency, he's a perfect choice. And Tom, I've got to ask you on that point. Um, there's been some some talk among uh, House Democrats about using the power of the purse to defund um, the 287G program within ICE. And hearing you talk about you know, uh, in this case, Gonzalez being a perfect pick as, you know, the ICE director, is this something that he would be able to do without Congress, just as the director of ICE? Is there a way that when he, you know, if and when he's confirmed by the Senate, he could come in and just say, look, we're going to stop these programs. We don't even need Congress to do it for us. I don't think you do. Look, I'm not an attorney, but when I, when we had 287G program, I signed a lot of 287G agreements. I did. So it's up to the, the judgment of the ICE director who he wants to enter an agreement with. So I think, yeah, I think you had perfect, he'll be in a perfect position to kill him. And which, again, you got, you got the president of the United States saying public safety threats. The priorities remain for ICE to arrest public safety threats. You got the Democrats always saying ICE should concentrate on criminals and not everybody else. And so they say concentrate on criminals, then you lock you out of the jail. Mm-hmm. Another thing the Biden administration done, don't forget, a few weeks ago, he dropped the sanctuary cities lawsuit that President Trump started. So don't tell me you want ICE to arrest public safety system criminals when you lock us out of the jail, you support the sanctuary city movement, and you want to end the 287G program. They're, again, actions speak louder than words. I hope the American people, under they need to watch the actions of this administration more than the words because they're lying to the American people. And I've, I've got, I want to follow up on this as well. Um, I'm not sure... If, if you've had a chance to, um, you know, follow up with this at all. But um, what does the nomination of someone like like a Gonzalez, what does that do for for morale um, within an agency like ICE? I mean, is this this seemingly is would be a slap to the, slap in the face for many of the, the career officials there who are they're there for the mission. Um, they believe in what they're doing. And then the president turns around and nominates someone who has actively um, worked against um, what what ICE has tried to do um, in local communities with the 287G program. Uh, I just wanted to see if you had any any thoughts on that at all. Well, I think it's the final stab in the back of ICE agents. The morale is already at an all-time low. They're not allowed to do their job. They're not allowed to uphold the oath they took to enforce the laws of this country. They got to watch criminals walk out of the jails every day and not be allowed to touch them. They got to watch child predators walk out of courthouses every day, not allowed to touch them now with a new courthouse rule. I said, when they, when they nominate somebody who everybody knows, first thing he did was stop cooperation with ICE when he was a sheriff. I mean, it's just the final dig at the ICE agents. I mean, I, I, I feel bad for these guys. And morale's at an all-time low, and they just, you know, they're killed. They, they, they killed the morale. And it's much different, you know, when President Trump nom- nom- nominated me as ICE director, uh, uh, 
morale is at an all-time high per the federal employee viewpoint survey, the Fed's report. ICE had the highest morale they ever had. Why? Because one of their own who did the job was nominated. And you know, and I've said it, I said it in my speech today. My biggest honor, I had 20,000 men and women under my command. I never asked them to do a single thing that I didn't do as an agent because I came up through the ranks. And it's meaningful when you come up through the ranks because you know, you know, you know the system, you know what works, you know what doesn't, you know how the job is carried out, you know the dif difficulties, you know the strengths. And now you got a sheriff coming in. And look, look, I respect the man that he served in law enforcement. I, I, I respect that because I love cops and, and they put themselves in harm's way. But when you're going to run a federal law enforcement agency that enforces immigration law and you absolutely don't believe in the enforcement of that law, you shouldn't be their director. It's that simple. So, Tom, what do you think the end goal of all this is? Because obviously there's been a lot of inaction at the southern border, you know, uh, Kamala Harris hasn't visited the border yet. President Biden hasn't vis visited the border yet. Apprehensions keep soaring. I mean, obviously, there has to be some kind of end goal. You know, open, it's what open do you borders, open borders. This is her plan. This is by design. And I reason I say this is a plan because, number one, not only did you undo everything Trump did that was a success and they know it. They caused this border search. They wanted this border search. This is about bringing more people to the United States. And what else they do when they open the border? There's several other things. Number one, they, they, they're out the sanctuary city lawsuit. They support sanctuary cities. Number two, they crippled ICE. So ICE can't arrest people in the interior. Now, think about this now. Then they overturn the census rules. These people can count in the census. This is all these things they've done is part of a major plan. And, and, they, and they're not very good at hiding it. Uh, to create an open borders agenda. Welcome more people in this country who they believe is going to be future Democratic voters. This is what open borders looks like. And there is, you got to give them credit. They're, execute, they're executing their plan pretty, not, pretty brilliantly. This is about open borders. Look, elections has consequences. President Trump trying to warn them what would happen. And look, I wrote, I wrote an op-ed back in July last year saying this would happen if Joe Biden became president just based on the promises he made. So again, this... It, their plan is coming together. This is open borders. You know, for people who listen to your show, this is what open borders looks like. This is what, you know, some American people voted for. So hopefully now they see what a travesty this is for our sovereignty and our safety of American people. Maybe they'll think differently in the next election. I, I don't know what to tell you. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I also got to ask you, kind of shifting more to Mexico and, and the Northern Triangle countries, I've seen recently that the president of Mexico, the president of El Salvador, and the president have, of Guatemala have all said that Biden's mixed messaging have created this border crisis, and they're, they're kind of becoming frustrated with the administration and how they're handling the southern border. Uh, do you think that the relationship between the Northern Triangle countries and Mexico and our country is fractured under the Biden administration's leadership? No, I don't. You know, I think that's a, I think that's a political game. I think it's smoke and mirrors. Bottom line is, all these countries benefit the United States having having uh, unlawful illegal immigration. Last year alone, Mexico received forty billion dollars. That's with a B. Forty billion dollars remittance payments from those in the country here illegally. They're sending money back home. That's forty billion dollars of free money from Mexico to go to families that they don't have to take care of, they don't have to provide social services for, billions of dollars a year since these countries remit payments. The more illegal immigration in this country, the better off these countries are. They're getting ready people that you know are, aren't working in their country. They're coming here and sending free money back to the countries. I truly believe that. And I know, but I think, 
you know, the, the president of Mexico said that President Biden's promises uh, cause this crisis. They're telling the truth, but do they really want to fix a problem that serves them billions of dollars a year and mm-hmm. free money from the U.S.? I don't see it. All right. That looks like all the time that we have uh, today. We'd like to thank uh, Tom Homan for joining us today. It's been a true pleasure and an honor to speak to someone who've, who has served under this country for many years and who served as the acting director of ICE under the Trump administration. All right. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me. All right. So that's definitely a very interesting interview there, Preston. You know, I want to get your initial thoughts. You know, what struck out most to you from Tom? I think one of the most striking things that he said was um, when he said that uh, the nomination of Ed Gonzalez to be the ICE director was perfect for this administration. Um, And at first I was kind of thinking to myself, is he really about to support this guy? Um, But then he went into explaining how for a president like Joe Biden, who is committed to eviscerating immigration enforcement in this country, someone like Sheriff Gonzalez is a perfect fit. Uh, And I think that Tom really did a great job of explaining how bad this guy would be as the director of ICE. Um, and, and I'm glad that I was able to ask him a question about uh, morale in the agency, because it really seems like they just get every single time they get the short stick. And so, uh, you know, it, it was it was interesting to hear him say that uh, about that. He shares our concerns with with Gonzalez being tapped to lead ICE. No, I, I would definitely agree. And, you know, for our listeners out there, this guy is as bad of a pick as it sounds. You know, he has no federal leadership experience. He has no federal government experience whatsoever. And he has demonstrated on Twitter in 2018 and 2019, literally vehemently opposing ICE's enforcement missions. He uh, called out its enforcement operations in 2019. Uh, he also called for in 2018 on Twitter that certain classes of legal aliens should not be held in detention. And now this guy is running ICE. I mean, it, it's really concerning to say the least. And I'm, I'm glad that Tom, you know, showed his opinions about uh, Sheriff Gonzalez. But, you know, just for listeners out there, this is not the right guy to lead uh, this agency, especially as our southern border continues to see apprehensions we've never seen before on record. Yeah, I think one one other thing that I just was reminded of thinking about the interview we did was um, him talking about, you know, the authority the ICE director has in approving 287G agreements. And while Tom said he didn't think that, you know, the ICE director could unilaterally just stop all of them, he did say that, you know, there's a good chance that there will not be a single new 287G agreement signed um, under the tenure of, uh, of President Joe Biden um, and under the, the tenure of, um, you know, presumptive ICE director Gonzalez, um, which is really startling. And it's, it's very disappointing um, because, you know, these are agreements that are force multipliers for ICE. Um, they keep dangerous criminals off of the streets um, and it allows the United States to remove um, criminal illegal aliens um, from the U.S. And it's just really disappointing that we have a president and we have people leading ICE that that don't want to utilize this tool at all. No, I, I totally agree. I, I think t- uh, 287G is definitely a game changer and it really helps you know, secure our borders, but it doesn't have to be used in, in border states, border communities. It can be used any anywhere in the interior of the country and it helps, you know, kind of facilitate uh, cooperation between ICE and, uh, you know, the, the local law enforcement in these communities. Um, it's just head scratching to see why someone would want this to be removed, uh, why it's not being fully implemented more. Um, 
but changing gears a bit, you know, I, I think another startling, not startling thing, but uh, just very interesting thing that, that Tom said uh, during this interview was that the Biden administration and these Biden officials know full well that what's happening at the southern border is intentional. They want as many people uh, to come to the country as possible, even illegally. And there really are a lot of political implications with this. So it's kind of like a longer term strategy. And I I think I have to agree with that. You know, I think this is definitely coordinated. They know exactly what's going on. Uh, It's, you know, it's sad that they're they're doing it in this way. But um, no, this is definitely kind of political warfare at this point. All right. Well, that's all the time that we have today. Unfortunately, we hope that you've enjoyed today's episode and perhaps learned something new about the border Biden border crisis from someone who has seen it uh, from their own eyes multiple times on the past few months and who has worked directly with the immigration issue for decades. We'd like to thank Tom for making time to join us today. And as a reminder, we'll be releasing a new episode every other Monday. Our episodes are available on most platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. You can also visit our website at fairus.org to access these episodes. And also on our Twitter, we post them frequently. And our Twitter handle is at fairimmigration. Uh, So please visit our Twitter feed to access these episodes. And we hope each and every one of you are continuing to stay safe and sound. And until next time, this has been Understanding Immigration presented by FAIR.